chapter 1 tonight. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, 1 through 10. We're going to look at this morning, this evening. Testimony. Paul is 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 uh, telling the church, "This is the, this is what I hear of you." He's praising the Lord for the faithfulness of the believers, and. Uh, and just what God is doing with the church uh, here in Thessalonica. Uh, so in verse 1 of 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, it says, Paul and Silvanus and Timotheus, under the church of the Thessalonians, which is in, in God the Father, and in the Lord Jesus Christ, grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We give thanks to God always for you all, making mention of you in our prayers, remembering without ceasing your work of faith, and labor of love, and patience of hope in, the, in our Lord Jesus Christ, in the sight of God and our, and our Father. Uh, knowing, brethren, beloved, your election of God, for your, our gospel came not unto you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Ghost, and in much assurance, as ye know what manner of men we were among you for your sake. And you became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction with joy of the Holy Ghost. So that ye were in samples to all that believed in Macedonia and Achaia. For from you sounded out the word of the Lord, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but also in every place your faith to God were to spread abroad, so that we need not to speak anything. For they themselves showed us what manner of entering in we had unto you, and how ye turned from God or to God from idols to serve the living and true God and to wait for his Son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus, which delivered us from the wrath to come. Uh, what, a, what a great testimony of a church. I titled the message uh, tonight, A Church of Faith, Hope, or Love, and Hope. A Church of Faith, Love, and Hope. He says that about them in verse 3, and we'll look at that again here in just a second. Let's have a word of prayer. And uh, I, I want this to be the testimony of Victory Baptist Church, that it's, that it's spread abroad, that this church has faith, has love, and has hope. What an amazing testimony uh, of a godly church. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you again for allowing us to be here tonight. Lord, thank you that when we call to you, you're with us. When we sing the song, I Need Thee Every Hour, we sing it knowing that that your presence will never leave us nor forsake us. Lord, that you are with us every hour. Lord, help us to be surrendered to you and following you and, and, uh, and humble in our lives. Use your word tonight in each life here. And we'll praise you for it. In Christ's name we pray, amen. So I, I, uh, I have three points tonight to look at this church, their testimony, what Paul says about them in this first chapter. Um, and... Uh, First of all, we see that they're saved. <laughs> I, think that, I think that's uh, um, pretty simple, but it's important, right? To know that they're followers of the Lord. They're not, they're not just a random group of people. They are, they are saved. Secondly, they're sanctified. We'll see that in verse 6 through 9. Sanctified. This is a godly church, a godly people. And then they're satisfied, verse 10. I, I like seeing that in verse 10. They wait for His Son from heaven. They have contentment in their life. Uh, 
And this is during a time of persecution. Unlike anything we've experienced, we have no, we have no concept of what the churches during the Bible, time, Bible times went through compared to us. The Bible says that they were scattered all over the world because of persecution. And, uh, and you read the Fox's Book of Martyr and you see how Christians had to stand and watch their family executed, had to stand for the Lord while they were burned at the stake. What an amazing thing to think about, burning to death. I've, I've never had a severe burn more than probably uh, a second degree. I don't know that I've ever been diagnosed with a third degree burn in my life. But to sit there bound to a stake and burn to death. And, and the historians say that the Christians would, would be praising the Lord and singing and, and praying to the Lord. Praying for those who were burning them. Because they had hope. Because they were satisfied. Because they knew that their, their strength was in God. Well, we see that in this church in 1 Thessalonians. So I want to look at verse 1 through 5. And we see their salvation here. And... As I said, it's, it's, it can't go without saying. We need to make a point of this. Uh, start in verse 3. Remembering without ceasing your work of faith and labor of love and patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ in the sight of God and our Father, knowing, brethren beloved, your election of God. For our gospel came not unto you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Ghost and in much assurance as you know what manner of men we were among you for your sake. When we gave you the gospel, you received it. It came among you with power. It, it wasn't rejected. It's, it comes in and in the Holy Ghost and in much assurance they believed what they were told. Paul was only in Thessalonica three, days, three weeks. That's such an amazing testimony to me. Of what God did. To, now he left people there and they, and they established that church and they did the work. But the initial work was done in three weeks. What a revival. It must have been such an exciting time as Paul goes into this town and they receive the word of God as it is with power. And the Holy Ghost was, was working in those people's hearts. A revival broke out in that town and, and in three weeks there's, there's enough believers, enough saved there to start a church well, we know, first of all, that it came by faith. And, and uh, so go with me to Romans chapter 1. It came in power. It came in power. Romans chapter 1. Verse 16 and 17. I love this verse. I love this verse. Satan will... will, Satan will uh, convince us many times that when we give the gospel, we're going to be mocked. When we give the gospel, it's just going to be rejected. They're not going to listen to you. Well, they might. <laughs> they might. Uh, the Bible says, broad is the road that leads to destruction. Narrow is the road that leads to salvation. And few there be that find it. Right? We know that there's not going to be multitudes saved. There will be, very, there will be uh, a lot more that reject the gospel than that listen. But as I go out and I give the gospel, if I can keep this in mind, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just 
shall live by faith. It is the power of God unto salvation to everyone. To everyone. So when I'm giving them the gospel, when you're giving them the gospel, we don't need to be ashamed of that. Tell them plainly what the truth is. You're a sinner. You're lost. And, and the result of your sin is eternal damnation. But Christ, who loved you, gave Himself for you and died for you so that you don't have to suffer that penalty of sin. You can be saved. And, and as I'm giving them the gospel, I'm giving them the power of God to redeem their soul. Not by their works, but by the power of God. I love that. It's by faith. It's, it's something that we can do with boldness. Satan cripples us because we get afraid that we might get laughed at. We, might, we don't want to be rejected. Well, the sinner that rejects the gospel is not rejecting me or you. He's rejecting God. And there's far greater weight in that than rejecting me. I'm just a person. It doesn't matter if you agree with me or not. If you agree with God, it has eternal consequences. So it's the power of God, and we need to walk with that. We need to keep that in mind. They saw that this, this came in power, and they, by faith, accepted it. They, they looked and said, our redemption is in the power of God. My life is, changes in the power of God, and they accepted Him as their Savior. It also came with much assurance. Much assurance. Go with me to John chapter 5. John chapter 5. We've had several discussions with, with a couple different people this week about assurance of salvation. And that I accept it by faith. I accepted Christ as my Savior by faith. It's nothing that I can do. I, I wouldn't get an argument in this room. You cannot be good enough to earn your salvation. But if I believe I can lose it, then I believe I'm good enough to keep it. Or I have to be good enough to keep it. So now my salvation is by works. That's all there is to it. God said it is by faith and I will keep you. It is, it is His work that, does the, uh, that gives us the assurance. Verse 24 of John chapter 5, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath, as, <laughs> hath everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. That is already done. In my life, it's, it's over with. This passing from death to life, it's complete. We're going through Colossians in, in Sunday school, and Colossians chapter 2 says that we are complete in Christ. Complete in Him. My salvation is done for all of eternity, and there's nothing can be done about it. Nothing can ever change that. By faith I accepted Him as my Savior. And by faith He keeps me. And not even my faith keeps me. He keeps me in His strength. I, by faith, trust Him to do that. I walk with Him. But He said, we're passed from death unto to life. We have now eternal life. There is no more condemnation. So we have assurance. 1 John chapter 5. 1 John chapter 5. 11 through 13. <coughs> First John 5:11 through 13. And this is the record that God hath given to us eternal life, and this life is in His Son. He that hath the Son hath life given by God. 
It is mine. It is yours. Nothing can take it away. He that hath not the Son of God hath not life. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know that ye have eternal life, and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. Now, you can go complete, you can go all through the Scripture and find eternal security. It's there. God saves us. God keeps us. It is ours. John chapter 10, I'm in the Father's hand. I talk about that a lot because I love that picture of the right hand of God holding me. Jesus says, I have you in my hand and you're in the Father's hand. Well, then Almighty Creator holds me. Nothing can touch that. Nothing can remove me from His hand. So my salvation is, is with much assurance. And it's important that we know this. This gives us the strength to go on. It doesn't give us liberty to sin. If you believe that, go start read Romans again. Read Romans chapter 7. We talked about that in Sunday school this morning. I read through quite a bit of Romans this morning. Uh, and it was a blessing to me just to read through it again. Take the time and read the book of Romans this week. Paul says, are we free from sin so we can just go and live like we want? God forbid. We're not going to go back to those things that, we went, that we're redeemed from. We're, we're now saved unto life. So this eternal security doesn't give me license to sin. It should, as James chapter 2 says, faith produces works. My desires now are to please Him. My desires are to walk with Him. I don't want to go back and live in the old muck and mire that I was redeemed from. It changes, our, it changes our mind, but it gives us the strength to go on and serve Him day by day. That's my foundation. That's the rock that we stand upon. Saved for all of eternity. Now they, they say here that they're saved, and then he says, verse 6-9, through nine, and this was kind of the meat of the message for me. Verse 6, And ye became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction with joy of the Holy Ghost, so that ye were in samples to all that believed in Macedonia and Achaia. For from you sounded out the word of the Lord, not only in Macedonia and in Achaia, but in every place your faith to God's word is spread abroad, so that they need not to speak anything what a testimony. They need not to speak anything. I don't have to go and tell anybody about you. They already heard. They know what you're doing. For they themselves show us what manner of entering we had with you, unto you, and how you turned from God to God from idols to serve the living and true God. We have a testimony here. First of all, that they were students of the Word of God. That they wanted to be like Him. It says in verse 6, "...and ye became followers of us and of the Lord." having received the Word in much affliction. That goes beyond salvation. It goes into the studying of the Word of God. They wanted to know of Him. They had a desire to learn. That's an evidence of salvation. That's an evidence of salvation. If I don't, if I don't have any desire for the Word of God, then my spiritual man is dead. Then I, then I don't have a spiritual life yet. When God redeems us and saves us, quickens that spiritual man, we have a desire to know Him. And there's no other way than this. It's not, it's not through commentaries. It's not through some new revelation that people are writing these days. There's so much garbage out there. It's in this. 
2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15, Study the show thyself approved of God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. That's an evidence of salvation. It says here that they received, they became followers of us and of the, of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction. They became students of the word of God. They spent time in the word of God. It's always an encouragement to me to listen to Ralph talk about the Bible. The man loves the Word of God. I, if I pop in the house over there, nine times out of ten, he's sitting up with his headphones on and his computer on his lap, and he's reading the Word of God on the computer. You know, show me what he's reading. He's a student of the Word of God. It's an evidence of the Holy Spirit in our life. And, and this is their testimony. They had a, they had a desire to study. It's, it's great. I, I love to hear about the cards and, and how many people read through the Word of God since the card thing started, since Lee got that started last year. What a blessing. Spend time in the Word of God. They studied the Word of God. They were students. They were faithful at verse 7 so that you were examples to all that believed in Macedonia and Achaia. In the entire region, when they heard of a Christian church, when they heard of a godly church, they thought of Thessalonica. Well, it's the Thessalonians. They, they are walking with God. There's a church that is uncompromising. There's a church that is right. There's a church that loves the Lord. I want us to have that testimony. We've had different folks come and visit, and, and they've talked to me later, and they've said that this church is the friendliest church they've ever walked in. And I praise the Lord for that. What a blessing. That's a great testimony. Our testimony can go beyond that, though. There's a church that stands on the Word of God. There's a church that, that is, is on fire for the Lord. Of God, Lord. That, that was their testimony. They wanted to serve Him. It wasn't just that they, that they didn't compromise, but that they loved the Lord. They were known for it. They are known for their faithfulness. And they were also known to be a light. Verse 8, For from you sounded out the word of the Lord, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, not only in the region, so for us we could say not only in Wichita and Clay County, but also in every place your faith to God word is spread abroad so that we need not to speak anything. What a testimony. I'm always convicted when I think of Paul's testimony that I'm free of the blood of all men. Well, here's a church that maybe could have said the same thing. It, it isn't given there, so I'm not going to say that's their testimony. Their testimony is, though, that in all the regions about, the gospel is being preached. They were active in reaching out and, to, and, and telling others of Christ. I don't know what their, I don't know what their outreach was. They, they, didn't have, they didn't have programs, I don't think. I think it was believers that were just going to the, to the people around them and saying, you know, this is what God did for me. Let me tell you what's going on in Thessalonica. This is the gospel. This is the power of God. This is salvation. And they were a constant light. Go to, go to Matthew chapter 5. Some familiar passages again. Matthew chapter 5, verse 14 through 16. 
want you to consider the first statement here because it's important. We, we, we understand that we're to be a, a candle put on, on the candlestick and so we can shine light about. But this first statement says, ye are the light of the world. And as I read that again this week, it, it strikes me. What a, what a weighty statement that is. Here is how God has chosen to give the gospel to the world. Here is the light. This is how the lost know of Him. It's only through us. That's, that's an immense responsibility. Also, such an a incredible privilege to serve Almighty God. He gave us that, that statement. Ye are the light of the world. If the, if the gospel is going to be heard, it's going to be because the Christian stands up and tells someone. You're the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. And that glorifying your Father which is in heaven is going to result in souls being saved. They're not going to just say, oh, well, he must be the true God and, and praise his name and then go on. It is the, an acknowledgement of who God is. It's, it's, it is an understanding of the gospel. So is my light shining before men? They had a testimony. Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10. Eleven through fifteen, Romans ten, eleven through fifteen. Verse eleven says, For the scripture saith, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek, for the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. There is absolutely no place in the gospel, no place in the Bible for any kind of prejudice. There is no racial prejudice in the Word of God. He said it's for all people. How then shall they call on Him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in Him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? How shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. I don't know if anybody here would claim to have beautiful feet. I'm using Ralph as an example tonight. Ralph will talk to the people about the gospel. He's not ashamed of the gospel. And I've seen Ralph's feet. (laughs) They're hideous. (laughs) Sorry, Ralph. No, they're, they're, we don't, it's not literal, but God says what a, what a blessed and beautiful life is the one that is willing to go and preach and teach and tell others about Christ. We, we are to be a light. How are they going to hear if I keep my mouth shut? How will they know if I'm not willing to tell them? The example of love in a one life to another is that I'm willing to go and tell you when I know there's a problem. When I'm willing to tell you, listen, I have, I have the truth. 
And I know, I know without a shadow of doubt that this is what you need in your life. I know this is where you're going. And I know that Christ is willing and able to forgive you of your sin. How can they hear without a preacher? And I cannot go and say, I'm not going to that one. I'll go to this person, but I'm not going to that person. The Bible says we are to go to all. No difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over all is, and there's a, there's a precious truth right there, is rich unto all that call upon him. He will abundantly pardon every one of us, every individual that calls upon him. So the testimony of, of this church is that they were students of the word. They loved God. They were disciples of, of Paul, and they were followers of the Lord. And they were faithful. They, they were consistent in their walk with God, and they were a light to all those around them. The regions beyond knew that there was some people that walked with God. What a great testimony. And then lastly, that they're satisfied. They're satisfied, and it says, And to wait for His Son from heaven, whom He raised from the dead, even Jesus, which delivered us from wrath to come. It says they're waiting for His Son from heaven. Not for their redemption, but for their sanctification, for their, for their final home. They, they knew that this world wasn't. And one of these days I'm going to be with Christ. So they weren't worried about these things in life. I, I wonder if maybe the reason their testimony was so great was they were willing to sacrifice no matter what to get out the Word of God. I don't know, it doesn't say if they did like the church in Antioch and, and had all things in common. They came and sold all their goods and it had them all in common so that they could serve the Lord. So that they were unified and they could be a light. I wonder if there wasn't some of that going on here. But they took their mind off of the earth, earthly and they were on the heavenly at all times. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and then all these earthly things are added unto you. We don't, need to be, we don't need to be consumed with what we have or what we need. We need to be consumed with serving the Lord. He said, listen, I, I, the lily that grows, it doesn't toil nor spin. I, I take care of it. The sparrow, I know its needs and I feed the sparrow. He said, the earthly things, that's what the Gentiles seek. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. Look to Him. Stop worrying about this, these earthly things. I wish I'd have got a hold of that as a young person. To seek heavenly things. And only that. They weren't consumed with that because they're waiting on God. Because they knew that they were, they were bound for a city. Just like it says about Abraham. They sought a city whose maker and builder was God. They were going to go somewhere else. This world had no hold on them. And they were sure of their eternity. It says, which delivered us from the wrath to come. That's the last statement in the, in the first chapter. Whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus, which delivered us from the wrath to come. They were walking in joy. They were walking in, in peace and assurance. It's such an important part of the Christian life. To know that my foundation is sure. That I built upon a rock. That when I, when I get up every morning, I am walking with Him. I, I'm delivered from the wrath that is to come.
if I go through tribulation in this life, it's but for a moment. This life is a vapor. The things that we suffer here are nothing compared to eternity. So I can have a testimony if my focus is on God. First of all, if my faith is in Him, if my assurance is in Him, and if I'm a light. I want that to be our testimony. Strive to please the Lord. He'll give us that testimony. It's not in our strength, but it's in Him. We can be known in this region as a church that serves the Lord. They can see our good works and glorify the Father which is in heaven. What a blessed, what an amazing testimony. And a church that, that stuck through the years, through the ages, and served God because of this foundation. Let's pray. Father, thank you again for our time today. And Lord, I ask that you would continue to work in our hearts. Thank you for salvation, Lord. Thank you. That